0: The series that we are uh, sharing with you—this um, will be the the third in the "Don't Look Back" series—is is based on the fact that even people with good intentions uh, can get just totally distracted from what's right and do things that make absolutely no sense. If if You have certain expectations, and they're not being met on this front or in this life that's close to you, whatever. It is easy for us to just be completely out in left field, whatever that means. It sounds bad. Galatians, uh, the fourth chapter says, formerly when you did not know God, you were slaves to, uh, to those who by nature are not God's. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? So this is not a new thing. This was in the primitive church just a few years after Jesus started the church at the cross and released the church to go do the work at Pentecost as recorded in the book of Acts, uh, there has always been that pressure. It works when we do not stand firm in this. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now, last week we used uh, the story... Of the children of Israel, we're going to pick that story up here in a minute. But uh, the principle is my vision determines my direction. The principle is my direction determines my destination. I think it was right after we had preached this first series that, uh, the first sermon in the series we that uh, Rick Warren from Saddleback Church tweeted, uh, I don't spend much time looking back, because that's not where I'm going. And it's just like, as always, he just kind of cuts through and nails it. So if I look back, when I face trouble or opposition, I didn't expect. And then I look back when trouble comes and I forget how miserable I was when I was captive to sin. Now, the first the first ser- series i mean the first sermon of the series we we talked about lot and his two daughters escaping from sodom and the de- destruction of sodom and how mama didn't make it and i used the illustration if you and a buddy who had been dopers together had come to the end of your rope and had come to Jesus and were living for the Lord. And after a couple of years, pressures really begin to get on your friend. And uh, he says to you, you know, I think I, I, I need some of what I used to have. I think I'm going to see if I can't find a dealer. I don't think that's what they call him, but that's anyway from for my uneducated understanding. Now, if he said that. And instantly turned into a statue There'd be less turning back. You know, the word would get out and we'd say, I don't think I'm going to play with that thought. Uh, But it's just as devastating whether you turn into a statue or not. We must keep our eyes forward. Now, the children of Israel were slaves. They the, the people lived for 430 years in Egypt and probably for over 350 of those years they had been slaves generation after generation after generation were slaves, that's all they knew, that's who they were they built stuff that you can still see in Egypt and they were groaning and crying and God had made a covenant with their great grandfather a number of times removed and had promised to bless these people. And so their groaning came up to the Lord. He raised up Moses who represented the people to Pharaoh and God began to do those plagues. He did 10 of them, remember? And they were horrendous things. Finally, as they were progressing through this list of plagues, God drew a line between the people of Israel and the Egyptians, and especially it became a, it became real when there was a palpable darkness that settled over all of egypt and you could you could light a candle and it didn 't light the room it was it was something that we we don 't know how it worked it uh, doesn 't strain the God who opened the red sea and let the people go across on dry land it doesn't strain him to do darkness but the the notable thing is that in this darkness there was light in the houses of the israelites when they lit a candle it lit the room and the egyptians figured this out and these things went on and finally the last the last plague came that we call Passover, and there's a Jewish feast that was established. And by the way, that Passover is still represented by the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That Passover was when these people were told to roast a lamb, don't break any bones, uh, eat it in the house with your clothes on, and take the blood and put it on the lintel and on the doorposts of your house, then I, my death angel is going to pass over and the people without that blood on the door, the firstborn of that family will die that night. Now, that sounds really harsh. But don't jump on God's people. If you thought I was a little bit out of out of place praying for the Jewish nation and the Jewish people around the world while ago. Keep this in mind. Same bunch. Genetically. Same bunch. And the Lord had made a covenant with them and he's very serious about his covenants. Very serious about his covenants. And they experienced that deliverance and their firstborn kids were saved. They were delivered out of Egypt that night, they were able to plunder the Egyptians, the Egyptians owed them far more wages than they would ever be able to pay, but they got part of it back in this loot when they borrowed all this fancy stuff that the Egyptians had. They kind of cleaned out the country. So what happened is that 600,000 men of uh, military age marched out, and there was probably... Oh, two and a half, three million total could have been as much as four million people. And they marched out. They went to the edge of the Red Sea. Pharaoh changed his mind. He says, wait a minute. What have I done? Who's, who's, gonna build, who's going to build my funerary monument? Who's going to build the Sphinx for me? If I let them go, we'll have to work. So mobilized his army, went after them. People freaked out, but God delivered. Now, it was a long line. It was a long procession. Could easily have been uh, one and a half times the population of the metro area. On foot, going through the Red Sea. So it took a while. And Pharaoh's army was right behind them. And when Pharaoh's army got in the middle of the sea, the the Israelites were all out on the other side. (laughs) You saw the movie, didn't you? Prince of Egypt. Oh, this is so cool. It's like the wheels begin to fall off, literally. Literally. It's like it's not working. They went through on dry ground and we're being mired in the mud and our horses can't pull this through and we got to get out of here and they got out of there, but it was not like they thought. Uh, if you didn't understand that cryptic little phrase, they died and that's the way they got out of there. Their bodies washed up on the sea shore. the scripture says, and the Israelites saw them now that that brought forth a celebration, it was like, man, let me let me read you uh, some of, some of the story. Uh, they they sang this song. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? I mean, this is a party. That would have been fun to be there. If you thought it was fun to go to Pensacola, Florida and join in on that revival when God was doing such remarkable things and a bunch of our lives were changed from having gone there, this, this made Pensacola look really pale. I mean, this is millions of people and they are doing their little, their little dance. I wish I could dance. It'd be so handy, uh, but I can't. So just visualize a Jewish folk dance, you know. And they're all going around in a circle and they're having fun. And it's, it's glorious. It is honoring to God. It rejoices in the victory. It's totally appropriate. I love the thought of seeing the day when God will be so upon us that you will not be able to keep your feet in front of your chair while we're standing and you just get loose. My mother who was kind of the ultimate Southern belle, beautiful, dignified, classy lady. Every so often, she would sit in the second row uh, next to the center aisle, and the worship would just get going higher and higher, and the blessing of the Lord greater and greater, and mom would break loose. And we had these kneeling benches across the front and she would take off and squeal and those of you who knew her would say nah but she did and and she'd make about two laps around the altar and go back to her her chair because she just couldn't stay still any longer i'm okay with that it was not because she was trying to escape from a life that was defeated. Now, if you break loose and your life is defeated and, uh, and you're not really living in victorious uh, day-to-day stuff, I'll probably get with you and ask you to, to follow these series of steps so that you can get victorious in your life. See, I don't want this to be an escape. I want this to just Get better and better and better and better and better and better until it's either that or have a stroke. And we prefer running to strokes. Okay? Anybody follow that? Is that clear? Okay. Now, these people were having a runaway. You listen to this, these words. Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. And that was, that was great. Well, they finally kind of wore down and the Lord had been sufficiently praised and they went a few days. It's actually a, a few weeks. And the scripture says the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And that just messes with my head. But let me tell you, Their whole life had been spent looking downward, looking inward where there was a pit. It was all about slavery. It was all about oppression. There was no victory. There was no hope. And they didn't know what you have been taught over and over and over again. If you're new in the congregation, years and years ago when we put uh, things on tape, cassette tape, did you know that, that computers used to run off of a cassette tape? You didn't know that. Well, they did. Tapes were, were important. And they were, this bunch has been taught, if God ever gives you a victory, answers a prayer, if God ever speaks to you from the scripture or through someone else and it, you're just encouraged, if God ever blesses you in any way, play that tape. Wear it out. Play it at least, when you first start, you ought to play it every hour on the hour through the day. Finally, you get down to where you're just doing it once a day. I have this list of stuff that I go through at least once a day. I try to release the emotion as much as I can that accompanied that initial experience. My unconscious mind thinks that I'm experiencing this touch of God, this word of God, this blessing of God every day of my life. And that will make a difference. That will then from your emotional base, which is the unconscious mind, there will begin to rise that expectation. When trouble comes, it instead of saying, oh, no, it begins to say, I wonder how God's going to get me out of this one because he does all the time. He does it every day, several times a day. Your unconscious mind thinks. See, it has no sensory input. All your senses go into the conscious mind, and the unconscious mind gets its signal from what's going on in the conscious mind so that the unconscious thinks that whatever the conscious mind is thinking about is what's really happening. Do you think there is a mistake in Philippians when it says if there is one thing that's true, one holy, one praise, if there's anything that's good, think on these things. It, that doesn't mean what it says, of course. You can ignore it to your ultimate damage, perhaps ultimate damage, at least to your temporary damage until it gets so bad that you say, I'm going to have to do something about this. And you start deciding to obey the scripture. You say, you don't face trouble. Of course you face trouble. You don't have any choice but to face trouble. If you don't face trouble, it'll get you by the leg and make teeth marks in you or up higher, whatever, you know, you don't want it here. You don't want trouble to get in charge of you, but it will make you see it. So I'm not out of touch with reality here. I'm talking about being victorious and never looking back. And so when these people begin to grumble and complain, they went To Moses and Aaron in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. We look back when we stop following God's appointed leaders. I know that my spiritual life may not even be close to what yours is. But if you have been assigned to this congregation, then you have been assigned to me and you need to listen to what I say very, very carefully if you don't think i'm scriptural challenge me person to person do not do this in front of anybody else or i'll try to hurt you emotionally no i'm sorry um it it, if i'm wrong for goodness sakes love me enough to correct me but pay close attention because i am god's gift to you you say he could have done better yes he could have but of course you're God's gift to me and maybe the same thing no i'm sorry uh, <clears throat> let's do this let's go on see if we can get me out of this hole here i look back when i forget god's power and god's plan now these people were hungry and they had needs there was it was they needed to speak to moses and aaron and if they had gone in faith if if the people that I know that walk with the Lord, this had happened to them, they'd have gone to Moses and Aaron and they said, guys, we need to call a fast or, or seek the Lord or do something because we don't have enough food. Tell us what to do. Do you have an idea? Do, is, what do we do? Instead, they just grumble, 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 grumble. Weren't there any graves in Egypt? we could come out here and die in the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Boy, we are people, aren't we? It's uh, That reminds me of the old clergy joke. Now, I'll let you know this is inside joke in the clergy people. The guy says among his friends, his colleagues, he says, man, I love the ministry. It's people I can't stand. <laughs> now, Now you know how we think. All right, listen. God says follow me. I'm going to get you out of Egypt. And he does. And he does miracles that we still talk about today. Then they get trapped between Pharaoh and the Red Sea. And God does a miracle that not only gets them across the Red Sea safely, but destroys Pharaoh and his army. That's the God and these two guys, Moses and Aaron, are representing him. And when they say, You're just, you're not taking care of us. What happened to blah, 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 and then just grumble, 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 grumble? That's the background. Now, they should have, in my opinion, sent, you know, at least sent a text message to Moses and say, the wife and kids are hungry. It, do you know where there's any food? Can you help us out here? You know, just to straight out ask. We need food. Can you help us? There's not anything wrong with that at all that I know of. Because what they, what they would have been saying in their mind is... Moses was, was used of God to do all those plagues and get us out of Egypt. Then Moses was used of God to split the Red Sea wide open and we walked across on it and then he was used of God to close up the Red Sea and Pharaoh and his bunch disappeared forever and we need, we need that same Moses, can you help us? Now that's great, that's wonderful. You see, make sure you come from the right spirit when you're talking to God. And I look back and long for stuff when I forget God's power and God's plan. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. (laughs) I read that a couple times a year just in my devotional stuff. And every time it's like, oh, my goodness, these people are mentally retarded. They do not have short-term memory. They can't remember what God has just done a few weeks ago. I, I do, and it's still a mystery to me, even after spending time trying to prepare this for you. It's like, I don't know what their problem is. And I've, I've tried to make excuses. You know, they were always in slavery or nothing, but this stuff happened to them. If somebody had said, play those tapes, baby, play those tapes. Remember when the Egyptians were wailing and mourning because their firstborn kids were dead and our firstborn kids were joining us in the exit procession. Remember that and play that tape. If they'd just done that, but they didn't. It's very important that we do that. Now... Here is the deal. I look back when I forget the blessings of God. Exodus 17 says but the people grumbled against Moses and said why did you bring us out of Egypt to make us and our children die and livestock die of thirst? It's really easy when when the pressure comes if you if you're a parent and your kid gets in trouble and the police call boy that dominates your thoughts you know what that's really a good time to do two things call your prayer partner and call on the lord troubles will come to you in this life i can give you a guarantee let me bet you Um, i don't have a mortgage but if i did i'd say we'll just bet the mortgage the trouble's gonna come. It's gonna be stuff you don't like, you don't want, you wish didn't happen, it's, and, and there's a part of you that says, God, I'm your kid, what, <laughs> But when that happens, remember that this is not heaven, even though we project heaven on it as much as we can, and we feather our nest as much as we can, and I, I'm, I'm the leader of this, I'm your leader there, by the way, get rid of as much pain as possible, Hate pain, not into pain. I may be a little sadistic, but I'm not mesochistic, okay? I'm just not. Now, here is the important thing to remember. When God has done it, that's the important thing to remember. When he has given victory, when he has blessed, I start off in my little series of, we now call them digital files because tapes are no more. My first digital file is when I was age six in kids' church. And for some reason, I'd been in kids' church all my life. For some reason, that day, it nailed me. And I was really an evil sinner. I was six. (laughs) And I just cried and cried and asked Jesus to forgive my sins and to come into my life. That's when God picked me. Later, he had to to tell me in a kind of a revelation, kind of a picture thing, kind of a a vision thing, you didn't choose me, I chose you, but that's when he chose me. And I say, yes, glory to God, and I get all excited about that, and boy, that's been a while. (laughs) But it happens every day. It happens every day. Every day I get saved again in that sense of the healing, of the joy, of the, the delight in the Lord. This will help you not to look back. And, and that list goes on, and some of them are just very, very simple. Like, I mean, They're all simple. They don't work if they're not simple. God cuts away the confusion and all of the complexity and does simple things for us. And we are healed, and we are fixed, if you will. So when we are walking with the Lord... It comes down to this. It's really easy to get used to our blessings. We need to just thank him all the time. And when when this load comes in and something you don't want is about to happen and this is not what you had planned and it looks like it's going to happen, do you know that it's okay to give thanks right then? The scripture says... Give thanks in everything. And there is one scripture that says, give thanks for all things. Now, I remember through the years when I have taught people to praise God for bad things, that I just get a little rebellion rising up. You know, it's just kind of like, not gonna do that, you're wrong about that. But let me tell you that if all things work together for good, and the good that's talked about there is mentioned in the next verse, that we might be made like The image of Jesus Christ. God is going to take the good, the bad, the indifferent. And use that to form Jesus Christ in us. And we are going to look more like the Savior. Through whatever happens. Good, bad, or indifferent. Then why don't you praise him for it? You know what it's going to end up. You say, well, I just hurt so much. I understand that. Pain is awful. And I I feel for us. I hurt, you hurt, we all hurt, ain't it great, you know? Except our pain is not like that of the world where they just hurt and it's just like getting hit on the head with a hammer and maybe your head will get well and maybe it won't, but there's not going to be any good come out of it. God Almighty, the Holy Spirit, is going to take everything that happens to us if we love God, if we'll submit to Him in that and, and we belong to him. you got to be called according to his purpose, and you got to love God. Not hate him, not resent him, not grumble to him. Love God. Then, then it'll work together for good. And did you follow that? Yes. Can you praise God right in the middle of the bad stuff? And if your faith is really high, you can praise him for it. I don't make myself praise God for things if it's not just kind of flowing out of me. But I want to praise him. One of the things that I pray for me and you every day is oh God increase the territory of my field of praising you in everything I want I want to own the countryside of that field that praises God for everything I'm praising God all the time. That's what I want. I want that for me. I want that for you. Because people like that are pretty hard to plow under. Bad stuff happens. People die. Kids get in trouble. Health problems come. uh, Whatever happens. And they have this connection of live faith that loves on God. And you know that when you're worshiping, you get answers more quickly more clearly. Uh, it seems like they're better answers. Some of you are kind of. You've been into worship through the years. We used to preach series on worship. And the power of worship. They, they were not wrong. Worship. Will make it okay. At least we don't do something stupid. While we're waiting God, for God to fix it. See if you, if you can get into that. And that's the reason I said. that If they had just sent Moses a text message and said, we're out of food or we're out of water. Uh, Do you have a plan? Tell us what to do. You know, no threats in the little text. Just help us here. Can you help us? That's fine. You need help? Ask for help. God loves to help people. But our eyes are on him. Our eyes are on him. And it is so much fun to be able to look and say, God is going to help us. We are going to make it. We're going to make it. I could preach on this all day. I'll stop because I'm just, I'm repeating myself. You got to do it. And I think maybe some of us must not be doing it or I wouldn't have this compulsion. Let us pray. Father, again, we pray for our kids who are away from us.